0: Welcome to the Nutracast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Whether you like it or not, synthetic biology technologies are here, making it possible to make just about anything sustainable, including plants and fungal bioactives. SynBio has become a disruptive force that a growing number of companies are leaning into, including plant cell tech startup and Ginkgo Bioworks spinoff, Ayana Bio. Here to tell us more about Ayana is Frank Jacks, that's the company's CEO, who previously spent over two decades leading publicly traded ingredient company Chromadex. Hi, Frank, and welcome to the NutriCast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining me. So, Frank, tell me a little bit about your past life as an entrepreneur at Chromadex and how you ended up at Iana Bio.
1: So, you know, I'm the founder of Chromadex, and, you know, Chromadex has developed uh, developed essentially a reputation around, one, being a tool provider. We isolated compounds from botanicals, and then we sold those so they could be used as everything from quality control testing tools to, you know, high purity compounds that could be used for, for research. And we also became known as uh, the lab service company, you know, if you wanted something tested, you know, especially botanicals, we were one of the go-to companies for sort of understanding the chemistry of botanicals. So, I spent more than two decades basically at Chromadex understanding the landscape of botanicals and understanding the chemistry associated with botanicals. Um, and then we used that essentially as well to start developing our own ingredients. So today, Chromadex is more known for ingredients that it had developed essentially using that. And, you know, one thing I learned over sort of two decades in, at Chromadex was that developing products based on botanicals is hard. It's difficult on a good day. And, you know, today there are more complications that that come into play, and we'll, we'll talk about that today as well. So I ended up at Ionobio Bio largely because Chromadex was fairly agnostic in terms of how we viewed trying to find a way to bring an ingredient to market, especially if it came from botanical. And we would look at fermentation, we looked at synthetic, and we looked at isolating stuff from natural. And we ultimately tried to find the most sustainable way of producing something at at, at the right price to bring it to market. And when this opportunity surfaced for Ayana, sort of brought me back to my roots, which was, uh, you know, research aligned with botanicals, and a new way of potentially introducing or bringing the medicinal qualities or the, the health benefits associated with those botanicals to the market.
0: So for those who don't know, what is Ionabio?
1: So I'll give you a, the simplest way to explain it is that what we do at Ionabio is we, we grow plants without growing plants in the ground. And what I mean by that is I, Iana Bio is a, a plant cell cultivation technology company and that makes sustainable bioactives for consumer products. So we're an ingredient company. Sourcing botanical ingredients from the wild or even materials that are grown uh, through agriculture are generally not sustainable. Supply chain issues have impacted the botanical industry for years, and more recently, Things like climate change, weather-driven events, and even war have, have made it worse. As a result of that, product quality has been impacted. Consumer product, uh, consumer trust has suffered a little bit as a result of that. And Ionobios plant cell cultivation technology is designed to sort of revolutionize how the industry can source the, the beneficial plant bioactives uh, and make these ingredients more accessible and although we are in SynBio, the the approach that we're taking is a little bit different than the other SynBio companies that you might have been hearing about.
0: What is your approach, and how is it different than other SynBio companies?
1: So, most SynBio companies are sort of taking the approach of, hey, we found one particular bioactive, and we're going to engineer an organism to create that specific plant bioactive. Ayana's approach is really more focused on plant cell. So essentially what we're, we're able to do is essentially recreate the plant to grow as individual cells, meaning we're maintaining the the cellular structure basically as if it were grown in the ground as a plant. So plants and botanicals by design already have the inherent sort of chemistry inside to basically produce not just one chemical, but all of the classes of bioactives or phytochemicals that are found in those plants. So this is a better way of potentially making the entire makeup of the chemistry of the the plant rather than focusing on one specific bioactive.
0: Do you know how many plants IANA has mapped out so far?
1: well we have a library of plants so we've essentially built we're we're in the process of building a library of of plant cells and we're also in the process of scaling up some of those plant cells to commercial scale so the ones that we're currently focused on on commercial scale that we've been talking about publicly are things like cacao ginseng we're working on berries like blueberry We're working on things like saffron, just to give you a few examples of the ones that we've been talking about, at least publicly. And what's the end goal? So we're an ingredient company. So our plan is to produce these plant cells, essentially, and then make them available and sell them as ingredients.
0: And talk to me a little bit about the technology behind the company.
1: So we have a partnership with uh, Ginkgo Bioworks, which you had mentioned before. Essentially, we can, using ginkgo, we can rapidly analyze the plant cell library that we have to identify sort of what I'll call superior cell lines. And then we can use those to grow and scale those cell lines so that we can control, you know, growing these in stainless steel tanks rather than potentially growing them in the ground. and What that essentially does is it allows us to sort of skip all of the problems that you would normally associate with growing stuff in the ground. So we don't have to, we don't need land, we don't need irrigation, meaning we don't need to water it, Uh, we don't need to use fertilizers and pesticides that are required by agriculture. So we can solve for those types of problems, but we can also solve one of the other things, which is that we are able to make them in a more sustainable way. In terms of producing a higher quality product that will consistently deliver the bioactives that that people are expecting out of those plants.
0: So it sounds like this is quite possibly a solution to the nutrition problem.
1: That's a big component of it for sure, right? And you've probably been hearing a little bit about that because of the White House conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. That presented a, a pretty big opportunity to accelerate new solutions to solve food insecurity and sort of key nutrient deficiencies. And I think one key takeaway from that was the problem wasn't necessarily a lack of calories or too much salt or sugar on its own. Uh, What they identified were that people are not eating enough whole vegetables, fruits, nuts, grains, you know, the rich sources of the nutrient-dense sources of those bioactive compounds.
0: So for those who didn't tune in, I mean, what is the administration's take on synthetic bio? Is that something that they're looking into?
1: Yep. So separately and right around the same time, the White House also had that conference on uh, the bioeconomy. So that's also interesting uh, for, for IANA and any any of the companies that are involved in, in synthetic biology because they view that as a technological approach to potentially solving for uh, supply of, of key ingredients, not necessarily for just food, beverage, or dietary supplements, but other industries as well. And and then looking at that as a, something that America can bring manufacturing back to the U.S. with technology.
0: Yeah, there's so much opportunity there. And a lot of people would say it's the way of the future. Is that why you banked on synthetic bio?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been following synthetic biology. And in some ways, Chromadex was dabbling with, with synthetic biology going back more than 15 years ago and it's definitely a more efficient way to produce certain compounds and precision fermentation like using engineered yeast is is one potential solution but if we look at like the white house you know conference on nutrition um if we look at food insecurity and key nutrient deficiencies they didn't point to a specific lack of vitamins or a specific lack of minerals—they really pointed to a nutrient deficiency of fruits and vegetables as being one of the main problems. And you're not going to be able to solve a broad nutrition density problem with precision fermentation, which is designed to produce, you know, maybe one specific bioactive. We view that our Iona solution with plant cell is essentially solvent is actually aimed right at that nutrient density issue because we can produce plant cells that contain the the complexity that chemistry that that the plant material itself has say like a blueberry so we can reproduce a blueberry blueberries are expensive there's a high level of awareness around the nutritive value of blueberries. I think most people generally understand that blueberries are healthy for them, but the reality is that a lot of people can't afford to eat the amount of blueberries every day to uh, to give them the nutrition from blueberries that they would that they would need. So, if we can solve that problem by producing plant cell blueberry that could be then integrated into food products to sort of add the nutritional density and add the nutritional value to those types of products, that's where we want to fit into the the equation here.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you say excites you the most about SynBio and your role at Ayana?
1: I mean, I'm excited about SynBio from Ayana's perspective, but I'm also generally uh, excited about SynBio's approach and have been for a long time, which is, you know, why when, when this opportunity surfaced at IANA that it was uh, clearly a fit for me in terms of what what my next act was going to be after, after Chromadex and synthetic biology offers a unique approach to basically one, uh, being a more efficient way of making things, especially for food beverage and, and dietary supplement products, whether it's IANA's approach or whether it's more the precision fermentation approach, all of them are going to be necessary to sustainably produce the, the bioactives that are necessary to formulate better, higher quality products mm-hmm. and bring manufacturing and just, potentially back to the US. <laughs> I don't want to leave that out.
0: Yeah, that's a big piece of it too. I mean, how much potential do you think that this has for that?
1: It has a huge potential for it because, I mean, look, the one thing that I think COVID showed, especially for the dietary supplement in the food and beverage market is that it sort of pointed to, hey, there's most of the ingredients that are necessary to produce these products were coming from India. They were coming from China. They were coming from foreign sources. And when that becomes disrupted, you're, you're sitting there saying, hold on a second. These are, these are key ingredients that are necessary to produce products that people need. And there's a risk that that could get turned off. Or at least disrupted, significantly disrupted, and you're sitting here going, well, there's no way of potentially restoring that quickly within the United States and restoring those that that type of production back here in the U.S. Synthetic biology offers a a new technology and a reason to invest in in manufacturing in the US not only in creating more sustainable ways of making and providing these things but also bringing the technology side is to to why it would make sense to to do that here in the US versus you know having it done internationally.
0: Yeah, you brought up such a good point because like you said COVID, the pandemic, it was such an eye opener for so many companies and consumers a lot of ingredients, like you mentioned, most of them come from China, and they can only be grown in certain climates and regions. But synthetic bio can kind of make that happen right here in the U.S.
1: Yeah, for sure, that's our view towards that. And I, I think it also opens the door for for another, another piece of the conversation as well, which is that having been in the, the botanical market and and having been doing. You know chemistry related to botanicals for for 25 years you know one of the realities of there there are a lot of high valued plants that have tremendous you know nutritive or or medicinal value and the problem is that they're very difficult to grow and anything that's going to be difficult to grow is going to be expensive and that limits the size of the market where those solutions can essentially be solutions for consumers. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: as long as that stuff is restricted to the complications of, of being grown in the ground mm-hmm. as a plant, those pro those products that take saffron as an example. I mean, saffron is incredible. It's probably the most expensive biomass on the planet. It's largely sought after because of its culinary benefits, but there's, there have been quite a few clinical studies uh, over the past few years that have shown or demonstrated that saffron has pretty significant health benefits. So you're, you're coupling the most expensive biomass and using that biomass to produce an extract and then make that ex- – it, it, it's going to be crazy expensive. So consumer products that contain saffron, even though there are some significant health benefits that should be available to people, it's too expensive. The reality is, it's too expensive for most people to, to consume that.
0: Could, could that lead to adulteration then as well?
1: You bring up a very good point. Um, that's a that's an excellent point because whenever there are is a high level of awareness. And whenever there is a market that is driven based on an increasing level of awareness and things are very expensive, that it's inevitable that adulteration is going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, just looking back at some of the ingredients that were in high demand, you know, elderberry and turmeric and things like that, you know, linked to adulteration.
1: Well, and, you know, the, the University of Mississippi had published a, a survey they published it in a peer reviewed journal. They essentially acquired a bunch of botanical related types of products from Amazon and they had tested those products and they found that the majority of the products that they tested did not contain the very ingredients that were on the label of those products. so the answer is adulteration is is alive and well for sure
0: mm-hmm. So you've been in the industry, like you said, about 25 years. You've seen some challenges, adulteration, sustainability, purity, ethical safety concerns. What would you say stands out to you the most?
1: To me, it's it's about, you know, in our case, it's, you know, I believe that we can solve a, a lot of the issues regarding sustainability. We can solve a lot of the quality issues and we can go a long way to potentially addressing even sort of curtailing the the adulterate, the practices around adulteration. And that's largely by solving it with technology in the sense that if we can provide a cost-effective solution for making these ingredients available at a price that is fair and affordable, that they can be included in those products, it should go a long way to addressing all of those issues. Mm-hmm.
0: And before I let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Any updates, research, news?
1: Ionobio is still a you know a startup here. We're only about a year old, and we're working quickly to develop uh, ingredients using our, our plant cell cultivation technology. We're hoping that we're gonna have our first few ingredients available during 2023. So 2023 is gonna be an exciting year for us as we start to move towards commercialization of ingredients based on plant cell. You know, in our view, we'd like to see things moving back more towards, you know, sort of whole nutrition rather than a focus on single bioactives. Um, as you know, I mean, I spent 20 or more years basically working on identifying and then bringing to market single bioactives and, yeah, I'm excited at Iona Bio right now that, that we're, we're able to essentially start looking at it from keeping things as they were in the plant itself instead of focusing on single bioactives and, and focusing on sort of the, the whole nutrition value that, that's found inside plants and having a, a technology that's able to, to deliver that.
0: Mm-hmm. SynBio, such a fascinating field, so much opportunity, definitely something that companies should look into if they want to gain a competitive edge that is, in every sense of the term, sustainable. Ayana Bio CEO Frank Jax, thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast, and congratulations on your new position.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me today.
0: If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.